The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I'm doing a show today titled, you know, basically how to, how to make permanent change. But I think that I at least need to give my quick tribute to uh, the basketball player who, along with his daughter and seven other people, made their transition uh, uh, on Sunday morning or afternoon in Chicago in the morning of of in California, uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, the reason why I want to do that, what, besides the fact that I'm a gigantic Kobe fan and I know how much it's actually affected people, including me, uh, because it was just so shocking that I just want to just take a moment just to acknowledge a person who I feel had such a powerful work ethic that his work ethic overshadowed his amazing athletic ability. You know, there are people who in the athletic world who sometimes people say, well, that person just doesn't want it bad enough, or they don't have the heart, et cetera, or they don't work on their skills because they were gifted with such athletic talent, you know, just born with it. But he was a person who was born with all of the athletic skill that a basketball player could ever want. He had a uh, good height. He was exceptionally explosive, quick, fast. He had jumping ability and a coordination. But his fundamentals were fantastic. He could shoot every shot. He knew every spot on the floor. He hustled. He played hard on defense. He was known as one of the best practice players ever, uh, emulating his idol, Michael Jordan. Matter of fact, Michael Jordan said he stole every move that he had. And I think that that was a tribute to the fact that somebody worked as hard as Jordan and maybe even harder to emulate someone that you idolized. So I just want to just take a moment just to just acknowledge that process. Don't let your 
uh, talent outwork, I mean, outpace your work ethic. Make sure that your work ethic goes beyond whatever talents and gifts you have, because that will allow you to maximize what you were born with, your God-given talent. All of us have God-given talent and abilities. However, we always have to be mindful that it's the work. You have to put the work in. It doesn't make a difference who you are, where you are, what you do. You have to put the work in. If you put in the work, you'll get the results. Now, some people will say, well, I put in the work and I didn't get all the results. However, I, I would say if you put in the work, you'll be well beyond where everyone else is. Because a lot of times what ends up happening, as Les Brown would say, you know, you know, if you you know, if you shoot for the moon or the stars, even if you don't make it, you'll come down with stardust in your hand. A lot of people don't ever leave the ground and other people because they shoot for the highest heights even if they don't make the highest heights, they're, uh, they're above 99% of the folks. And the thing about it was, was impressive is, you know, out of all of the, the 7 billion people on the planet, especially when you start dealing with, with uh, people who are in rare air, like an NBA player, how do you, out of, out of less than 1% of all human beings or even less when you consider the NBA as all men, it might be 0.2, 0.3 of all the people or even less than that, 0.0001 of all the people who live on the planet, who've ever lived on the planet. Not only do you become one of those best people in the world who've ever played the game, but you're one of the best out of them. That's the dedication and talent that is the dedication that goes along with your talent that makes things work. So for anybody that's out there that's working through this, uh, this challenge, you know, I'm praying with you, praying for you and knowing with you that God is eternal life, that God is the life of everyone who is on this side of the veil and on the other side of the veil. And they're in the presence of God, just as we are in the presence of God, because God is omnipresent and life is eternal. It changes form, but it still goes on. So I bless him. I bless his daughter and the other people on the helicopter as they move on in God's eternal life into their new expression of living. And I thank Kobe for the the example of hard work and and knowing and going after your big dreams and goals because that is something worthy of following so anyway as we go forward into the show about making lasting change i do want to just acknowledge first of all that if you didn't get an opportunity, I would strongly suggest go to YouTube and take a look at my sermon, Make the Most of Every Opportunity. It's just from this past Sunday at Christ Universal Temple. You can go to the CU Temple YouTube page or obviously Google my name and the title for it to come up. But believe me when I tell you, I think that it could be something that was been, that's beneficial to all of you. Now, 
creating lasting change, because I think that is what we're talking about today. Creating lasting change, because that's what it's really all about. When we recognize that there are times when we want to change, we want to transform something, we want to flip the script, and yet we're not getting the results we desire. And we're trying to figure out why is it that no matter how how many times I start and stop a thing, the diet or working with the money or work issues or, you know, working out or whatever the goal is, that it's a stop and start, stop and start process or more stopping than starting. Well, I think a lot of it is because to create lasting change, you have to have leverage. If you have a pen, I would even want you to write down leverage or type it in your phone. Leverage. Leverage is the key to change. You know, uh, there are tons of books that talk about leverage. They don't always use the word leverage, but they always mean leverage. For instance, you know, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. Why is the leverage? You have to know why. Your why has to be big enough to move the needle. Now, I often say, you know, when a parent is exceptionally uh, tired, hard day at work, and it's two in the morning, and the baby starts crying because the baby needs to be fed or the diaper needs to be changed or whatever, the parent might not want to get up. The parent might not want that sleeping pattern to be interrupted. However, the parental love of a parent, most parents, the overwhelmingly uh, more parents than not, will get up, change the diaper, feed the baby, rock the baby to sleep, whatever is necessary, because the why is so strong. That baby, uh, uh, the love of their child has creates leverage to get them out of bed. When you want to create lasting change, you have to figure out your leverage point. I think it's really important to acknowledge that the leverage point makes all the difference in the world. How much leverage do you have on really losing weight? How much leverage do you really have on dieting? And the reason why I say leverage is because I've known people who, you know, who've been told, you know, you know, don't smoke cigarettes or, you know, because of the health issues that they developed and they still smoke, don't drink and they still drink. Uh, you know, if you keep gaining weight, this will be a problem. And yet they still do it. Because they haven't found their leverage point. They want the food. They want the cigarette. They want the liquor. They want the drugs uh, more than uh, the issue of what could possibly happen if they stop. So what I mean by that is simply this. Just because the situation is in front of you that is telling you No, you need to stop. If you don't create a leverage point, if you don't find your leverage point, and you can create one or find one, it doesn't make a difference. 
because even when you find one, you're really creating one. You will still do the, the things that will interrupt your life and upset your life, frustrate your life, downgrade your life. And I would say even take your life, not take in the sense of take, but, you know, in other words, get you in the space of making your transitions because you just didn't find your leverage points. So what I want to talk today about is just getting to the space of understanding how to shift definite and strong beliefs, how to shift definite and strong beliefs so you can find your leverage point. Now, um, I have a caller that called in, so I want to take this call. Uh, could you please put the caller in, please? Right. Hello? Hey, good morning. Oh, hey there, Reverend Sherry. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, I, so, for one, I think this is a really powerful conversation of using leverage to shift uh, those, 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 I don't know, permanent beliefs. But the, the, There's no belief that's permanent because belief is fluid. But I, I feel like one of the most powerful points of leverage is to use someone else's life as leverage. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, I, I had a really uh, interesting experience this weekend. Uh, one is that my mom went into the hospital unexpectedly, and and it was a scare. We didn't know what was going on. Uh, she thought that it was potentially a stroke, uh, and you know, and and I'm all the way in California. She's in Texas, and we ultimately put the prayer team on it and turned it back into nothing. But it really woke me up to, you know, my mom is in her 70s. I can't tell you how exactly how many more years I have with her on this side of life. But just wanting her to see the fruit of what she put in me, all of mm-hmm. the, the seeds that, that she sowed through, you know, education and exposure and, and really to see the fullness of that. And when I tell you I, I came at Monday with a new fire, and mind you, not like I'm not tired from the weekend and preaching and everything else we had to get done on, over the weekend, but I came with a new fire like I, that, that I, I, she became my leverage, or wanting her to see the fullness of what she gave me became my leverage. And so things that I, I don't really procrastinate, but there are things that I have that I probably take too much time to complete. And now it's like, I no, that time is not there. The time is now. Make it happen now. And it's also in light of coming through the trans, you know, the transition of Kobe and his daughter Gigi, which has been a really emotional transition for us here in Los Angeles. It, it's been, you can feel the sadness in the city. And it, and on, yes, I feel like death came and didn't claim my mom, but claimed someone who was a hero to so many people. And it just, that just added even more fuel to the fire. So I think that you can use the life of someone else as that fire, as that leverage to get you moving. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the of the show, 
Kobe Bryant actually used the leverage of chasing Michael Jordan's. Yeah. And that and because he wanted to surpass Jordan, he said, Everything yeah. Jordan does, I want to be able to do better. So, you know, I I love the videos online where they start off with Jordan doing the move and Kobe finishing the move because even Uh, Jordan would say if his own if there's one player in the world that possibly could beat him one on one is Kobe because because Kobe stole all of his moves. But he he looked at the greatest player on on the planet Earth who is universally considered the best player who've ever who's ever played the game and said, I want to be better than him. Now, obviously, as a Jordan fan. I still believe Jordan is the GOAT, but I will honestly <laughs> Well, you know, being out here in L.A., I'm a, I, you know, I'm going to argue for Kobe. <laughs> yeah, you know, that being said, I will be the first to acknowledge to me that talent-wise, the, the, the closest person who's ever gotten to Michael Jordan is Kobe Bryant. LeBron James is a physical freak of nature. But right, but but you know, so you can't mimic what LeBron has. You know, he's just you know, he's just he's like right. a truck, and he and he's like he's like a U-Haul that drives like a Ferrari. <laughs> but <laughs> but, he, he, but he's um. Come on! <laughs> I'm t- you, when you really think about it, he really is. Right, he's gigantic. Right. And he's exceptionally right. swift. But uh, <laughs> but but the. To be able to look and say, that's what I'm chasing after. And every time you look at folks who who are uh, massive achievers, they get a real goal. And this is why I think examples and models matter. Napoleon Hill talks about this. Tony Robbins talks about this. Les Brown, all of the people who have been the giants in the self-help development era, area of life will tell you, you need a model. You know, now you'll get right. to a point where you transcend it and you might not need it. But to start, what am I looking at? Who am I looking at? Something right. to focus on. It's like you need an ideal. You need something that you're yeah. reaching for beyond yourself. Right, right. So, you know, I can remember, you know, as a kid and I was, you know, a kid martial artist person. And I would, I, I gave them away, unbelievably so, a couple of decades ago. But I had every Karate Illustrated Black Belt magazine. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I'm literally sitting at the corner of Prairie and Manchester, and uh, I, which is the corner that the forum sits on. And they have the marquee outside, and they're just flashing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure California, California is, is, is something else. You know, what's interesting to me is that I didn't know him. I didn't have a personal relationship with him. And I've been trying to understand, like, what is this that people are feeling? Yeah. And, 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 and I guess for me, it's like I re- I'm using it as, as leverage because he has such an impact on people. And if I'm being honest, I was a Jordan fan. I wasn't necessarily a Kobe fan. I was a Jordan fan. And, you know, that was kind of like settled, but there was, there was, there was a mark he left in the earth that was undeniable and you can feel it in this city. It's just, it's crazy. And so I'm saying, you know, I'm I'm throwing it out to people that to utilize that as leverage. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. Um, 
you know, we got work to do because we have we have somebody who has patterned a level of greatness that's worthy of uh, challenging us to reach a higher level of our own game. So, you know, you know, so Mamba mentality handle the business (laughs) and um, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. God bless. God bless. Bye bye. Okay. Do we still have the other caller in? Okay. Let's pull her in, please. Hello. Are you there? Good morning. Good morning. How you doing there? Okay. This is just my California blessing. How you doing there, Reverend Sharif? <laughs> I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Good to hear from you. So, so you had a chance to 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 listen to your your, uh, your two buddies. Talk about yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, well, I I heard Reverend Sherry and um and you know just the conversation. It's a it's a, 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 a it's a, I kept saying I kept saying it was a weird time, but it's just an interesting space right now mm-hmm. um, that I'm in for sure. And uh, and I I'm I'm all, I, I've been loving the mama mentality memes you've been putting out and um and just really looking at someone's greatness and as a pattern. Um, is really interesting. And it's like the pattern that actually most interests me uh, about Kobe Bryant is his second, his second um, page, like next chapter. It was mm-hmm. so interesting to me. And um, a lot of people have become identified by a role, become identified by one area of their life that is, and he had extreme success as a basketball player. And I was fascinated at watching him redefine himself to himself in front of Mm -hmm. all of us and Mm -hmm. that is inspiring because no matter who you are there's a role sometimes that you get caught up in that you forget that you're not that role you know it begins Mm -hmm. to be a part of your identity and so when that external thing leaves you are lost and I just appreciate that being able to witness on some level him uh, redefining himself and becoming you know, emerging as something else. And that was, um, unfortunately, it's like we, you know, we didn't get to see that play out, but the pattern was there. Yes, yes. I think, you know, him following Magic Johnson's example and, you know, who, you know, took, you know, what was, you know, considered at the time tragedy. I mean, you know, I can remember Mm -hmm. when, you know, Magic gave the HIV announcement. I start crying. I was like, you know, because the '91, I thought that meant you were dead immediately, right? Because we, we it, because it was just such ignorance around the topic, and and obviously the facts that were happening at the time. And he turned that around and created a whole new career that was more successful than his Hall of Fame basketball career. And of course, Michael Jordan owning the Charlotte Hornets. And I just mentioned to someone at work yesterday that I thought that Kobe was going to outshine both of them post career. I really did. Mm. Um, because, you know, he, he, because not only did he have the shift of, you know, taking that same drive and, and, and doing it in another way, but he was so happy just being the family guy, or as he said, a, a girl dad, he found his yeah. leverage, he found his leverage. So, you know, and he was giving people an example of, you know, you can be just as dedicated doing the new thing as you did in the old thing. And I think that, that at times we want to stay in a season too long. 
Mm-hmm. And because we don't have leverage for the new season, we identify with the old season. We, we're, right. we're, you know, and how we're viewed and the perception and the identity that goes along with it. And because we do, what ends up happening is we get stuck there. And when it's time to move on to something new, um, we don't. I, I can never forget years ago, um, your, your, um, the founder of your church, uh, the Reverend Della Reese, uh, came to Christ Universal Temple just many years ago, and she was teaching a lesson when she was going through the situation of, of when she was having some challenges with the show, the Touch by an Angel show. And she started talking about how when life is pulling you and you're trying to stay, you get torn in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll never forget that lesson. I, I, and now I know you, you and Sherry will be asking me for that lesson. But I'll never forget that lesson because I was like, man, she's so right. Like, okay, is the universe moving me in a direction? Because that's leverage as well. Mm-hmm. Figuring out where am I in the universal flow of this? And being honest and authentic about what that means and what that looks like. So he allowed, okay, this phase where I put everything in in me into it, my whole life up to a certain stage, now I can drop it, and now I can go forward and do something else because he found his leverage point. He wanted to be great in other things, and he wanted to be great as a father, a world-class husband and a father. And, and, you know, I think that was a part of, his leverage point. He wanted to help women's basketball. If he's like, okay, if I'm going to write a short story, it's got to be an Oscar worthy winner. I don't know if you saw Deepak. I don't know if you know the person who helped him was Deepak Chopra's son who actually co-produced that process. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's Deepak Chopra's son. And they were interviewing him the other day. And he said, Kobe would show up at the studio at two in the morning for that little clip that won that Oscar because he wanted to make sure it was drawn right that the words are right, that everything was right. He's like, man, Kobe stayed on us. But, but it's consistent. <laughs> Mama mentality. It had to be up to his standards. And because it was, it won an Oscar. It, you know, he did it, what it... it but, but that pattern, I think that pattern for... So there's a couple of things because I, I have a, a, a good friend um, that I went to college with who is, who writes for the Rolling Stones and he wrote an article about Kobe and it kind of um it was like all like he, it was a very interesting article in terms of it kind of encapsulated his entire career in a sense of like from a, from a greatness standpoint and you got to make this in 20 minutes cuz I got to take the break okay you want you want me to come back uh it's going ha- uh, it, it might have to if this is not 20 if it's not 20 seconds cuz I got to break in yeah bring me bring yeah. me back bring me back Okay. But it's a, I'll, I'll go into this article. It's, Jamil Smith is the journalist's name, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about what he um, shared in that article and what it made me think about. Okay, sure. Yeah, we. Um, I'm looking at the clock here, and according to the clock, it's about time to take the break. Here's the music. So uh, we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. All are welcome. 
We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Uh, If you want to call in, I have a caller and another caller on hold. And if you want to call in, you can call in to 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. And we're talking about how to create permanent change and leverage. And really, Kobe has really come up as a means of how he used leverage. And I have the, uh, the Reverend Sheree Thompson on with me right now. Uh, Reverend Sheree, are you still there? I'm still here. Yeah, so I want to allow you um, to finish your point before we go to the next caller. Yeah, I just wanted to, I mean, this, like I said, this article highlighted a lot of what we're talking about today. and But it also talked about a dark point in Kobe's life um, when he was, um, when he had an accusation of rape and looking at the way that he responded to that. And as a woman, it, you know, it, when you look at someone like Kobe, it's like, you gotta, you gotta accept a whole person. And when we, uh, when I was just looking at how every, everyone's honoring him. And I know some people who are conflicted because they could see the redemption in him. They could see that he made a shift in his life and for whatever happened, whatever the facts were for that, for that experience for him, the idea of is someone defined by their worst thing. And what I love the most is that there's a resounding energy of um, looking at the best that Kobe had to offer to the world and allowing that to be the legacy that we breathe in, that we move from, and that we're inspired by. Um, and recognizing that this is a person who, you know, had had its highs and lows, but I just have appreciated the energy that's kind of buzzed around and the support wrapping around his wife and his children, you know, as they make a major adjustment in their life. And, um, you know, one of the prayers that I read uh, said something to the effect of, um, I'm just praying for all of uh, Vanessa Kobe's friends that they can be there for her in a way that matters and in a way that supports and nurtures her. So it's just like an, a, a resounding love that's kind of uh, penetrated any darkness that was there, you know, and I just, I've appreciated that kind of energy that I've, that I've at least tapped into um, as we're just honoring and um, acknowledging um, his impact on the, on the universe. Yes, yes, definitely. So thank you for calling. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. And you know, continue to be an agent of transformation and change in the world. Much appreciated. We got work to do. Yes, yes. All right. Um, do we still have the other caller online? All right. Beautiful. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes, I am. This is Stan. Hey, Stan. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, it's going great. Going great. Um, yeah, just listening and uh, enjoying the show. I just wanted to make a couple of quick points. Um the first one in relation to Kobe, uh, who was obviously one of the greatest basketball players we've ever seen uh, on the planet. Uh, but it's something that your last guest said, and she alluded to the uh, troubles that he had, the legal troubles, the rape accusations. Um, I just wanted to make a quick point about that, and that is that a person, an individual, can be can have uh, flaws. They can make mistakes, and they can still be the great individual that they were. 
So I don't think that the fact that something happened uh, in his life, whether he did or did not do it, is not my point. But uh, the idea that humans, that people, have to be perfect in order to in order to be uh, looked at in a certain light is is a fallacy. So I, I think that we should not. Um, it was like uh, Bill Cosby, for example, when he did his uh, when he did his show, when he did all the all the great work that he did. And then he got caught up in some other uh, sexual accusations. And again, not commenting on whether he did or did not do the things that he that he was accused of. But regardless to whether he did or not, his work still stood for itself. His work was still valuable and very impactful. Uh, you know, the Cosby Show, the Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. And mm -hmm. other things that he did, those works still remain solid. They were still uh, very impactful and changed people's lives. So, no matter what flaws a person might have, you can still acknowledge that person for the the great things that they did. And in fact, no human being is without flaws. So, if that is a disqualifier, then ever, nobody will will have any contributions to society if you discount their contributions because of the of the things that happened in their life that maybe weren't so savory. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to make that uh, as a quick point. Well, um, thank you, Stan. Much appreciated. I appreciate you calling in and, and sharing your insight. And thank you. Thank you. God bless. Okay. Um, I, I do want to make one other point if I have uh, a, a, if I have Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, the other one, um, so you're, you're talking about leverage, which to me really kind of means motivation. Like what is the thing that motivation, what is the thing that can get you uh, going and help you reach your peak in life? For me, that thing, that leverage or that motivation or whatever it's referred to is excellence. So anytime I see anyone doing something great, doing something that was outstanding, doing something that was excellent. That's what gets me going. And obviously Kobe Bryant was an example of that every time he stepped foot on the court. But there, there are other people who are not so high profile that we can still get that um, motivation. We can see that excellence in what they do. Uh, I, I remember one one day I was driving down the street. This is like years, like 15, 20 years ago. And you remember that when people, we used to have parking meters. So yes. on the street, if you wanted to park, there was this meter sitting on a pole, you know, every other car. And then the car pulled up. And if you could find a meter that's open, you put a couple of quarters in and you park. Well, uh, somebody had to empty those meters. So one day I was driving down the street. And I saw this guy, uh, apparently his job was to empty the meters. And he was walking down the street. I mean, this guy l looked like a gazelle, like he was jumping from one meter to the next one. Now, he was kind of tall and slender. He had a bag on his shoulder and, you know, a long chain, like a, a chain with a key in his pocket. And the guy walked from one meter to the next. It looks like he took three, four steps, like he leaped and bound from one meter to the next meter. And his his motion was so fluid. He was almost it was almost like he was connected to that meter, like him and that meter 
were one. So he would go to the first meter, boom, in, in just some fluid motion, take un, um, stick the key in, release the thing, pop the coins in his bag, put that thing back in, and was on to the next meter. And he continued to do that all the way down the street. I literally had to stop my car and watch this guy unload the meters because he was that excellent in what he was doing. So mm -hmm. for me, the that leverage, that thing that keeps me going is excellence. And I can see this with anybody. If if you get up there on the platform and you, you do a great um, sermon and that thing was excellent, that's what's going to get me going. That guy walking down the street, whether it's Kobe doing uh, a, a dunk shot, you know, no matter what it is, if it's a guy like um, shining the floors with a buffer, he's one with that buffer. So the the excellence is what really motivates me what really keeps me going and i i see that literally every day if you know when if i open my eyes and i pay attention i'm gonna see that level of excellence every day in everything that people do so anyway that's the that's the real point that i wanted to make well thank you i i think that's a very valid point of excellence and you know obviously you know um people who People try to cancel people today if they're not perfect, because it's always easier to project than it is to deal with your own stuff. And that's not, uh, you know, giving anybody a free get out of jail card. If you've done something you shouldn't do, then obviously you should receive the consequences for it. However, that does not mean that that disqualifies your genius. And it doesn't make a difference who it is or what it is, you know. You can be great at some at one thing and not great at another. You know, uh, you know, Michael Jordan will tell anybody that, you know, when he was playing basketball, his wife was the game. You know, that cost him, you know, in a real way, you know, uh, you know, the relationship with wife and children because he was so focused on just winning championships and being the best player who ever played. So there's there's sacrifices to be made, and sometimes you have to figure out what is the cost of this. And uh, you know, I think at times people don't recognize that uh, that you always got to know. Jack Canfield talks about this in the Success Principles, where you need to be really clear about what it is that you're seeking to do and why, because at you know because they're going to there will always be a cost. And I love uh, how how we say it in metaphysics. You know, well, I ain't gonna say how we, how I say it in metaphysics that at at the counter of life, there's always this, an exchange. What are you willing to sacrifice to get what it is that you say you want? Because there will always be an exchange for something, and you have to be sure that it's worth it for you on the back end. Thanks, Stan, for calling in. I right, really you. appreciate the call. All right. So um, if anybody else wants to, want, wants to call in and talk about leverage or permanent change or Kobe, please do so. You can call in at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. It's really important that you recognize that permanent change is created by leverage. And some of the things that we said today, whether it was Reverend Sherry talking about the leverage uh, with her mom or, you know, or Reverend Sheree talking about the different stories with Kobe and, and how he used leverage or what Stanley just said, using excellence as leverage. It makes a difference knowing what you're going for. And if you if you appreciate leverage, 
you always want to see people who are functioning at a high level. You know, um, you know, actually, uh, I remember having a conversation with Stan a few years ago, and it shifted my mindset around one quick thing. Where, he, where I was talking about how you know uh, school teachers and nurses and doctors and whatever don't get paid what these multi-millionaire athletes get paid. And I said I want them to get paid what they're getting paid, but I was like, yeah, but these teachers need to get paid more. And the gist of what he said was, yeah, well, Tom Brady can do things that almost nobody on the planet can do. Therefore, he's compensated for that skill set. And it paused me because it made me realize that I was falling back into the the common consciousness that doesn't recognize that excellence should be acknowledged. Now, if any, because he went on to say, how many people can teach a class? How many people can throw that football and whatever he said, 50 yards, off route, whatever, between three defenders? That makes a difference. Well, when you're able to produce results well beyond what is considered even great to the level of excellence, well beyond the norm, if you can do things that other people just can't accomplish, then it is your responsibility to be compensated for it and acknowledged for it. And I think that that's also a part of the leverage. So, you know, when, you know, when these uh, kids have the Michael Jordan or the Kobe Bryant or LeBron James or the or the Serena Williams on their on their walls and they're emulating them, it's because they're using their greatness to leverage. You know, you know, it was a young lady who, who uh, I can't remember her name is African American, a uh, half African American, half Japanese person who um, plays tennis. Um, she's won some things, and she talks about how she wouldn't be who she is today if it wasn't for Serena Williams because Serena is now at an age and stage where she's still dominant, but she's been dominant for so long. People tend to forget that she's been playing tennis for like 25 years. So those are the things that you have to take a look at. So let me just say this leverage using the examples of all the callers that have called in today. And it, it, it makes me think about one basic thing that we all can do right now especially following the last example that Stanley just shared in your field of work or the field of work you want to be in or the and field of work does not necessarily mean a job. It could be business. It could be ministry. It could be non-for-profit stuff. It could be service like a mother Teresa or Gandhi, but whatever it is, start to study and look at the people who were, who are or were considered the best people in that field? Who are the best people now? Who are the best people, bef- you know, before this era? Who are the best to ever do it? And study them. I'm gonna give an example. You know, uh, as a new thought uh, teacher, um, teacher of hardcore metaphysics, but I'm also what a new thought Christian from the standpoint of my metaphysics have a Christ-oriented slant. Um, I'm fascinated by studying what is the remnants of what we could now call the Gospels of Jesus's life, because I'm like, okay, what made him so excellent? Now, obviously, when you study it from a theological point of view, your theology will 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 affect your perception. But when I study him as a human being, 
and how he's portrayed, because obviously we don't have his direct words. We don't have anything that he actually said he did. These are the Gospels are documents that are written by people who never saw or ever met Jesus, all of them. And but what we do have is the effects of his life and how it shows up. And what was written about him? How did he engage with people? How did he inspire people? How did he work with people to motivate and create leverage? How do you walk up to people and use what they know to help them get to where they can be? And that's fascinating to me. You walk up to a farmer and you would, and, and you talk about agricultural things. When you walk and you're talking to fishermen, you use, uh, you know, fishing examples and. You know, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know, talking about how did he interact with people to inspire them. That's fascinating to me. Now, but it also, because I'm a metaphysician, because I'm a new thought person, I study the core people. Who came before me? Who made the impacts that are consistent with the impact that I want to make? So, you know, I'll study the giants. You know, I'll study the Charles Fillmore's and the Ernest Holmes and the Nona Brooks and the Melinda Kramer's and the H.M. Lee Cady's and the Myrtle Fillmore's and the Joel Goldsmith's and the Neville's. And for me, especially uh, a Johnny Coleman and a Mary Tumpkin. Because I respect their game. That's part of the process. Respecting the game enough to say, Whoever it is that is great at this, that's who I'm going to study. That's who I'm, who I'm going to look at. How do they put this together and that together and work together to bring all of these things together? Because sometimes we don't recognize the level of effect that that has on people. Who, who's doing what you do at a level well beyond you? Study them. They might be a person right now that that other aspects of their life of their lives you might not want, but when it comes to the uh, achieving in a particular field of education or knowledge or, or occupation, they have maximized what they have. That could be a leverage point for you, you know. You know, if, if, you know, Joseph Murphy, the great New Thought teacher of the 20th century, wrote that um, going to your family members to talk about your marriage is like going to a carpenter to get your teeth fixed. And the reason why he wrote that, which I think is obvious, is there are a lot of people who want to give advice who don't pattern the success that you desire. And they're unqualified to give that information. You know, I, I, I love the story that, excuse me, that Joe Goldsmith talks about in one of his books or tapes. It might have been a tape because he has tapes all over the place. So I have tapes of Joe Goldsmith and I think I, I, almost all of his books. And he talks about how he, um, one of his students was having a hospital experience and, you know, he's with the family at the hospital and, you know, he's there for prayer, support, and holding the consciousness. And one of the people that was waiting, a family member, basically 
started talking about, you know, this prayer stuff doesn't work and the spiritual stuff doesn't matter, et cetera. And Joe Goldsmith starts asking him questions about, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, missiles and bombs and, you know, nuclear this and how do you fly this, that and the other. And the guy was like, why are you asking me those questions? I don't know anything about that. And Goldsmith said, well, you don't know anything about spiritual healing, but you're not, uh, you know, you're not uh, afraid to share your opinions about it. Now, why is that important? Because Goldsmith, from the perspective of of a, a metaphysical teacher and healer, was a world-renowned spiritual healer. So if a person, for instance, wants to study how does spiritual healing work, he would be a person worthy of study. You know, if you want to understand success, prosperity, money, okay, then study those who are the best at it. You know, Tony Robbins did two books where he said, I'm going to take years off my life. I'm going to study with the top people in the world of finance. I'm going to put it in two books. And he's given away more books than he's given probably tens, if not hundreds of thousands of these books away. You know, through different things that he's doing. You buy one, you get another one. You do this, you get a free book. You show up at this, you get a free book. Give the book away. Donate the book to this. If you buy a book, I'll donate this amount of money to homeless people, etc. But the point is this. He said, I'm going to study from the top people. You know, when you are working with anything, find out who, who's, who's doing it at a higher level. And use them as your leverage point. You know, I can remember, you know, you know, early on in New Thought, when I first came in to New Thought after, you know, I, I you know, had my healing experience uh, in 93, after just coming to CUT and being here for a few weeks and having something that uh, rocked my world, um, I became immersed in trying to understand, you know, what it would it take for me to be healed after I almost died from the asthma attack in January of 93. And, you know, being in that hospital from, you know, early Sunday morning, maybe at two o'clock in the morning, uh, getting out that Wednesday evening and staying home for another, you know, week and a half because it was too cold. And all I could do was just like, okay, I had a few tapes, and had these books for my first class and I was dedicated to saying okay as I told my mother in that hospital according to these books I don't have to have this if I don't want it and those words were some of the most if not the most important words I've ever uttered in my life because this is what I knew there were people who were functioning at a spiritual level that understood it at such a level that they could heal. And if I could understand what they were teaching, especially Johnny Coleman, because I was in her church, then I didn't have to have this asthma that almost killed me. My leverage was literally, I have to understand so I can be well. And then my leverage became, I'm going to prove this or I'm not going to be here. 
Now, that's a very strong statement that I'm not recommending for everybody. However, I do want to acknowledge that that was my leverage point. I had to understand it. So when people were so so what that meant for me was. Um, what that meant for me was what was I willing to sacrifice to understand it? So being a 20 to 21 year old and 22, 23, 24 year old person who's reading three to five books a week. Who's listening to tapes all the time in the car on a old Walkman's. Uh, writing down my thoughts, writing down affirmations and prayers on three by five cards, you know, doing these visualizations, doing anything that I felt as though I needed to do because I needed to understand what was being taught. My leverage point was so strong, I literally became a new person. A new person. Permanent change can happen. Believe me when I tell you, permanent change can happen. When I hear stories of, you know, friends or family joke about, oh, you remember when you said this or you did that? It seems like they're talking about another person. Because that person died. Literally, when I walked into that hospital, rushed him. And, and if I didn't get, if I'd have been 10 minutes late, 15 minutes later, I would have been, I would have passed away. That day, that the, the old Galen died. My leverage point was the healing. But more importantly, the healing brought me to my purpose. And my purpose is to, is to teach people what's radically right about them. And I use new thought to do it. So I want to be present because, you know, it's, it's almost time for, to get off the show. And uh, so let me just acknowledge that because I think I've run out of time. But I do want to be present to you can change. Study the people who are the best. That's what I did when I needed to get my healing. Everything Johnny Coleman said, I did it. Everything I read, I did it. No questions asked. And I got the results. So do what you got to do and transform your life. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.